This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. All right, Team Buck, welcome back to the Freedom Hunt. Our friend Guy Benson joins now. He's a Fox News contributor. He is the politics editor at townhall.com, author of End of Discussion. Guy, great to have you. Hello, Buck. How are you? Good, good, man. Good to, good to hear from you. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk a bit about the Supreme Court nominees that Trump is considering. You have a piece up on townhall.com right now that lists where we are here. It, it, was it, it was three names and then there were two. Is that where we are? Well, that was what we heard, but I'm not sure that that's exactly accurate necessarily at this point. So there were a few different reports floating around over the last couple of days. One of them came from Politico, which said basically, yeah, they're, they're down to two. Um, but I ended up bumping into Leonard Leo, who is a legal scholar, um, a law professor, Federalist Society guy who has been an advisor to the Trump administration and the Trump transition on Supreme Court questions and this whole nomination process. I ran into him yesterday uh, at Fox in the green room in D.C., and I said, hey, um, I saw there's, in addition to the Politico story in which Leo was quoted several times, uh, there was a CBS News report that it was down to just two names and that William Pryor, who's sort of a a rock-ribbed conservative justice who had been, or jurist, who had been filibustered by Democrats during the Bush administration, eventually got through on a very close vote. Uh, CBS had reported that he was sort of out of the running, and it was down to two other potential candidates. I asked Leo if that was true, and he sort of shook his head no, and he said that he thought that was, quote, a stretch. So as far as I know, based on the publicly reported information and based on my conversation with Leo, who seems like a pretty well-positioned guy to be in the know, there are still three names as finalists on the table. Although, I'll just add parenthetically, Buck, that we're talking about Donald Trump, so you can't necessarily take any of this reporting to the bank. There could be a dark horse and a surprise uh, in the wings, but I think based on what we know, it will likely be one of these three. And what do we know about the three? Well, we know that so, – so you've got William Pryor, um, who's a hardcore conservative. You have Neil Gorsuch. I'm not exactly 100 percent sure how to say some of these names, but it's uh, G-O-R-S-U-C-H. Um, he is on the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals based uh, out in Colorado. And then there's a Third Circuit Court of Appeals judge, Thomas Hardiman. Um, so those are the three. Um Based on what I've read, I've read a little bit on SCOTUS blog and a few other analyses. I also talked at length 
with Leo, uh, Leonard Leo, about uh, the other two. Because I think William Pryor is a relatively known commodity. He was at the center of the big judge battles of the two mid-2000s under Bush, like 2004, 2005, with the filibusters and the Gang of 14. He was one of those controversial people that was being blocked uh, you know, endlessly by the Democrats, and, and eventually the Gang of 14 uh, resolved that situation. Of course, subsequently, Harry Reid blew up the filibuster, so things have changed since then. But to give you a sense of prior, uh, he once led a prayer publicly, which ended with the pleading to God. He said, please, God, no more suitors. Um, no meaning uh, Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices who sort of go wobbly and lefty once they reach the Supreme Court. Uh, So I don't think it's particularly ambiguous about what type of justice uh, prior would be. So then if you're a conservative who wants, you know, a a strong sort of, you know, constitutionalist on the bench, do you have any reason to be concerned about if if Gorsuch or Hardiman gets the nod? Um, Again, based on I am not a hardcore court watcher. I don't have in-depth knowledge, but I've done some homework on this and had some conversations. I don't get the sense that any of these three are in any danger of being a future David Souter type of justice. They have, at this point, pretty substantial judicial records. Uh, There's a paper trail, there's opinions, and they're all consistently uh, constitutionalist conservatives. And the one thing I would say is that Gorsuch, the more I hear about Gorsuch, the more I, I like him. Uh, again, he's on a circuit court based out in the Mountain West, uh, the 10th Circuit, and he has been compared many, many times to Justice Scalia, not just because of his judicial philosophy, but also because he's apparently an excellent, brilliant writer um, who writes very colorful, powerful opinions, which Scalia was famous for. So if you're looking for someone who's just sort of like sort of a, a second coming of Antonin Scalia, you can never replace the great man. But Gorsuch seems to be um, – would be, I think, a, a really good selection. And I should also add he's 49 years old. He's under the age of 50. Of the three, they're all young. They're all under 55. He's the youngest. So if this actually goes through, if this happens, it's something for conservatives to celebrate. I know that there's, and Guy, you were very open about how you felt during the uh, the primary and the general about the concerns you had uh, with the Trump presidency. I, I feel like every conservative I know, based on what we know about these three choices, if it's one of those choices, has got to say, well, at least that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I have a number of friends who are, similarly disposed towards Donald Trump as I am, I ended up not being able to actually hold my nose and vote for the guy. I just couldn't do it. Um, Of course, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton either. But for those who were sort of anti-Trump conservatives, ended up voting for him over and over again, the justification that I heard was Supreme Court picks. And it was a justification that I completely understood and on some level agreed with. We knew that Hillary Clinton would pick bad, liberal, you know, progressive, breathing, living Constitution-type justices. And there was at least a significant hope that Trump would keep his promise on putting, on, putting conservatives on the bench. And so if that is what he does, 
Uh, I'll be the first person in line to praise him. In fact, I, I made this pledge on Greg Gutfeld's show on Fox just before the new year. If Trump appoints a young constitutionalist to the Supreme Court, I will I will put on one of those goofy red baseball caps for a day uh, because this is such an important issue. And the, the list of names, 20 some odd names that Trump had put out looked pretty good to me overall. I've been advocating for Senator Mike Lee. I thought he was uh, would have been an excellent choice. I still believe that. But again, of these three names, they're all consistent judicial conservatives uh, with established records all under the age of 55, well-respected folks. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be very happy with any of them. What are your thoughts on the latest uh, immigration and security measures, Guy? Well, I, I, I want to see sort of some of the details. And again, these are executive orders, some of which uh, Charles Cook at National Review is writing about this a little bit. Some of this stuff is just putting in writing, we intend to enforce laws that already exist. Um, and I think some of it's just kind of a declaration. I'm not saying that there's no legal weight to these things, to their presidential executive orders, but um, to some extent, I think these are also kind of messaging documents on some level, with the president coming out very early on in his term and saying, hey, remember all that stuff I said during the campaign and the, the major themes on policy that I would talk about? I meant it, and here I'm going to start codifying some of it, at least at a preliminary level, um, with some you know, presidential imprimatur. Uh, so the fact that he's, you know, the, the wall and taking a look at pausing the refugee influx from certain countries that have issues with uh, terrorism and could be difficult to vet. I mean, none of these should be surprises to anyone. Uh, these were common refrains during the campaign. And, you know, obviously I want to make sure that we take a look at these executive orders and make sure that they are uh, legal and constitutional. I, the beef with Barack Obama and his executive orders was never that he was doing too many of them in terms of a raw numbers game. It, the numbers don't matter. What matters is, does is he acting within his authority, or is he usurping authority that is under the Constitution, delegated to other branches, particularly Congress? That was the crux of conservatives' critiques of President Obama. So with liberals saying, oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden Republicans are fine with executive orders, it was never the existence or even the number of executive orders. It was the content of the order. So that's what we need to be consistent about and make sure that Trump doesn't overstep his bounds. Um, but, you know, again, what's going to mostly sway this stuff ultimately is going to be legislation. And the good news for Donald Trump is he's got a Republican Congress uh, prepared probably to move significantly on a number of his agenda items. And I'd imagine that's a significant uh, topic of conversation, recurring topic of conversation at the party's retreat, uh, which is underway right now in Philadelphia. Guy Benson is townhall.com's politics editor. He is also a Fox News contributor and author of End of Discussion, available on Amazon.com right now. Guy, always a pleasure, my friend. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Buck. Talk to you soon. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 